Hi, everyone. I'm Hilary Ramo. Welcome. Well, the last time Saturn was in Aquarius, it was during the Rodney King riots. The last time Pluto was in Capricorn was during the American Revolution. Neptune was in Pisces when Rome fell. And right now we have all three happening, plus four planets in retrograde and a solar lunar eclipse this month. And we're going to be talking about all of that tonight and searching through some of the stuff that you may think might not be related. However, we have an internationally acclaimed author with us tonight. Barbara Han Clow is a ceremonial teacher and visionary leader in mind calendar research. Having taught at sacred sites throughout the world, Barbara Han Clow believes that with the completion of the 2012 mind calendar, we are in the midst of a critical evolutionary leap all these years later that inspires us to heal our bodies and commune with our souls. And as we awaken the universe, we are being flooded with advanced spiritual knowledge that leaves many of us feeling ungrounded and disoriented, especially right now. And she has written numerous books, including The Mayan Calendar, The Pleiadian Agenda, and Alchemy of Nine Dimensions. And she aims to help people transmute their emotional blocks and clarify their minds. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing tonight. We're going to be talking about these uncertain times, the things that are going on, and what they have to do with the bigger picture. So welcome, Barbara. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. Thanks, Hillary. It's great to be here. Where do you want to start with this one? <laughs> well, it's as you well know, we're going to really have to be careful to really be clear and as simple as possible because we're having transits um, right now in 2020 that are on the level of transits that happened 735 years ago that really are the early beginnings of this whole cycle of human beings starting to dominate nature and starting to use the planet for their own um, desires. And so at this point, um, this year um, is actually a great big reality reset on where we're going to be going with all of that. And so what's actually happening, to put it really simply, is we just have a whole bunch of planets in Capricorn um, that haven't been there um, since 735 years ago. And so um, I, I, fortunately, you really understand astrology, so we can keep this as simple as possible because there's, I've never seen so many uh, factors and variables that we're looking at constantly, you know. Well, I, I see that, and a lot of other people are pointing it out, too. So people are very curious about what this all means. And with your long history and background of exploring social uh, trends and, and of that sort, uh, along with the astrology, you have connected dots that people normally would not connect. So where are we at in this whole fact-based reality that's coming out now? And we have all these high emotional energies going around um, what does it mean? What can you tell us about where we're at, especially right now? Well, um, right now we're really, really in the depths of breaking down um, an old reality and starting to formulate a new one. And there's no question that when that point comes, whatever the, the, the subject matter is, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very difficult time because so many things have to just be let go of. And also many, many things are just basically destroyed. And so right now what we're experiencing is just things going so fast and at such a level of intensity that um, we have trouble just focusing day by day on, you know, the meaning of anything at all. And so I tried to break it down a little bit um, to, to sort of get a sense of how it started and then where it might be headed 
and kind of a pathway through that to, to, to some extent. And so when the lid really blew off was January 12th, 13th. And, and what happened on January 12th and um, 13th is that we had Saturn conjunct Pluto. And that's really what blew the lid off of things. And at that point, um, what was going on in the, in the United States, at least, was um, the articles of impeachment were, were, um, had been put before the Senate. And, of course, they, they got dumped out, and that didn't happen. And the United States was um, kind of playing around, I should say Donald Trump and not the United States, was um, kind of almost setting off a war with Iran. And there was tremendous um, tension with China. And this change, this, this kind of uh, lid blowing off, actually represents um, things that start getting, got, getting created in 1980. And 1980 was the previous conjunction of Saturn and Pluto. And at that point, this, of course, is the Reagan era, and at that point, we started having um, a con- started building a concentration of wealth into the hands of very few people, and also power, of course, because power grows with wealth. And um, we've been basically doing that for, from then until now. And at this point, um, that's changing. And I'm not saying it won't mean that they won't even get more power. It's hard to determine exactly how it's going to change, but it's in the middle of a major shift right now. <coughs> well, I'd say so. I'd say we're in, a, in the middle of a massive shift. It always seems to be that we're in some massive awakening and massive shift. But yet there's some logic to these cycles. And as an expert on the Mayan calendar, when you look at the ending that that happened in 2011, 2012, and this time of no time, as you've been known to call this, are we seeing, in fact, a kind of acceleration? Yeah, well, the first, first question to ask would be, does any, is there anybody out there at this point who doesn't think that things changed fundamentally? Because if we go back to 2012, um, all the media and all the people in power were trying to act like nothing was going on. And mm-hmm. if we look back to that moment from now, we can see that something really, really huge was going on. And my main work in that area is based on the work that I've done with um, Carl Johan Kalaman, the Swedish biologist. And Carl and I both really believe that we've been in the middle of a bunch of phases of time acceleration on this planet that actually go back to 16 billion years ago. Um, Carl really gets into the really big picture. And according to Kalaman and according to me, this is where I've done my own research, we've had these series of accelerations, and then they completed themselves in 2011, 2012. And so when that occurred, one of the first things that I noticed when we came to the end of that phase was just a huge change on the planet and people starting to really become confused and and, um, disoriented. And I think all of us could see that. But what I noticed at that point was that astrology was becoming more accurate than I'd ever seen it be before. In other words, the, the time acceleration factor almost was making it a little difficult to see what what astrology actually does. And astrology, of course, is just a cyclical movement of planets that create various factors of change on this planet. But what I've noticed since 2012 is that the astrology is incredibly accurate, particularly in 2019 and 2020. Um, as soon as all these planets got into Capricorn, 
um, that and that's Saturn, Jupiter, and, and Pluto, and at various times Mars and other planets. And as soon as they all got into Capricorn, um, what that did was that created a complete reset of reality. And as I said, these planets were not in Capricorn. This is Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto. Um, and, uh, the, the previous time was 735 years ago. And if we go back to that point in time, 1285, 1284, 1285 A.D., what we see is the, you know, like the beginning of um, modern banking and the beginning of the early stages of an industrial development on the planet. And I think what's happening is we're, we're completing that era at this point. But what's amazing is we seem to be facing a lot of the completion of all of that stuff right in one year. Hillary, that's what I think is so difficult about this. This is a true nexus point where a whole bunch of things focalize all into the same, in this case, a, a, a year. And so what I looked for was I looked for um, anything that I could find as, as a guide um, that might help us kind of kind of break down this business going on through 2020. And when I looked for that, I realized that um, I'm just looking for a note here so I can get this exactly right. Um, it's so confusing because you've got Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all the time, and you can really mix things up if you're not really careful. Um, <laughs> you know, no, you can. I mean, I, I don't know if you've got. I, I totally believe you. you yeah, I, that's why I only talk to subjects with you. You want because... to talk to somebody like me who can straighten it out, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I only do these astrology shows with you because I know that you you go you can go back seven hundred and some odd years yeah. and correlate it to what was going on, and I think that's what's so important about astrology and current events is that we can look at what was going on. And when you were talking about the beginning of the banking industry, well, yeah. right now there's many saying that we're on the verge of a new economy that has to do with more cryptocurrency and more digital uh, aspects. So are we looking again at potentially the birth of a new economic system? I think so. Yeah. 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 I think so. And so uh, kind of when I tried to break it down a little bit, I realized that the best vehicle um, during 2020 is to look at the conjunctions of Saturn and Pluto. Now, Saturn conjuncts Pluto about every 13 years. Um, and so, it, um, is that right? <laughs> oh, here, it's so confusing. Yes, that's right. Okay. Um, I've got a bunch of cards in front of me here. Um, and so the first conjunction was April 4th. And the second one was, is going to be June 30th, and the third one is going to be November 13th. So if we go back to April 14th, what we get is we get the lockdown coming from COVID-19. And as soon as that happened, uh, one of the things that goes on with astrology is we often can tell when something is going to happen, and we have a sense of the quality of it, but we can't tell what it is until it actually happens. And so when we really get a lot more to go on is when we actually see what actually happened. And so I think that this conjunction um, in, on April 4th of Saturn and Pluto, um, I think that that is really should be looked at in terms of COVID-19. So, of course, what I did with that is I immediately went right into working on it and um, taking a good look at it. And I, the first thing that came to me um, personally and quite a few other people right around the same time 
was that the, at the upping of technology and electromagnetic frequencies called 5G was a factor here. And you probably have heard about that, how they turned on 5G in Wuhan right when the virus first started. And then in northern Italy, they turned on 5G big time in Milan. And northern Italy had such, such a big problem. So the, what I did with that was I, I tried to get deeply into what that might mean. And fortunately, I had already done quite a bit of research on this beforehand because I've been watching the effects of the upping of electromagnetic frequencies for about 30 years now. And so um, I got into my library and pulled out a book um, called um, Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. And are you familiar with that at all? I'm not familiar with that book, but I am familiar about some of the research, and I'm I'm sure everybody listening would be more... I'd uh, like to hear more about what you think about this electromagnetic soup stuff and 5G, please, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so if we it just, it, it's actually pretty easy to see it. It's, it's actually quite startling to take a look at it, too, because if we get into when we started doing this on this planet, um, we go back to 1889, and that's when they got all the power lines strung up in the big cities on the planet. And we had the 1889 flu pandemic. And then in 1918, Marconi invented radio, and they got the radio frequencies going, mostly in in the early stages for the military on the planet. And we had the 1918 uh, Spanish flu epidemic. And then in 1957, we turned radar on, and we got the Asian flu pandemic. And then in 1968, we started really doing satellites, and we got Hong Kong flu. 1996, we started started doing wireless, and we started having a series of flu epidemics, one of which is occurring at the present time. So the reason that I'm bringing this up is that as we look at these transits this year, um, we've, I think that one of the critical parts of this is that it would appear to me that the powers that be, or the elite, if you want to call them, call them that, um, the powers that be seem to want to um, control the planet by means of artificial intelligence and by means of electromagnetic frequencies. That's just something that's happening. We can see that with the big billionaires and trillionaires on the planet as far as that issue is concerned. And so if we look at the, the, the beginning of this, this transit back in, back in, uh, in uh, June, um, excuse me, back in April, June is the second one. If we look at the beginning of this, um, what we see is suddenly oil crashed. Do you remember that? I do, yes, and we watched it. It sure did. Well, you noticed there, you noticed there was hardly any news about it? Nothing. And and gas here is like $2, $2 maybe even a yeah. little less per gallon, and nothing, not even on the local news. No, no yeah. Yeah. So the reason there was no news about it was COVID-19 was the perfect cover-up, you know? Mm-hmm. So just as we came to that, that point, uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying directly is somebody is, has figured out a way to crash the industrial age, which is based on oil, in order to clear the field so that we could go into, into high-tech and artificial intelligence and the um, manifestation of more electromagnetic frequencies. And so... If, if so, COVID nineteen was like the perfect cover up. If, if you see what I mean, 
I do see what you mean, yes. I, I mean, yeah. there's lots of people saying this is conspiracy theory. Okay. You shouldn't pay any attention to it, but it just feels so intuitively wrong that you have to talk about it. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> well, yeah, if you look at those listings, too, of every time we had a flu pandemic connected to the uh, the upping of the ante of the um, electromagnetic frequencies, you just can't get away from that. And people who are interested in that should really get a hold of um, Arthur Furstenberg's material, because this is his material. But I had been involved back in the 90s in a, le- in a lawsuit to try to prevent um, cell phone towers. This was a, night- a lawsuit back in 1996 that failed. And we tried to get away from the government having the power to um, put cell phone cell towers all over the place, and obviously we didn't succeed. And also, people got very sick at that point. So this is not really in the realm of conspiracy theories, like whether the virus was um, manipulated in some way and 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 uh, created in a laboratory. Definitely starts to go into the realm of conspiracy theories, and people who are doing good research on that are people who are examining um, what's actually in this virus that's different from some of the other viruses. And I, I do think there are some signs of some sort of laboratory tampering here. Um, but I'm not really focusing on that. I'm much more interested in the issue of upping the electromagnetic frequencies. Because if what's happening this year, and again, astrologically, it is a major nexus point. It's the kind of point that crashes seven or eight hundred years of development on the planet, and then something else comes. And I think it's pretty clear that what's being crashed is the age of oil, and what's being brought in is um, high-tech and artificial intelligence. I, I, I don't think you could kind of see it any other way. And so the reason it's important for us to get clearer on what's probably going on here is is that it's possible to do technology without harming people. I mean, let's just say that the upping of the electromagnetic frequencies have been creating flu and have been creating a lot of sickness on the planet. Let's just hypothesize that. Well, if that's true, it's not necessary. You've got a couple of alternatives. One of them is stop turning this stuff on, and it's hard to imagine that ever happening. And then the other one is to demand safe technologies no matter what. And I think this is just a huge issue at this point. I, I think that I have a sense that we all came, you know, there's a whole issue of why are we here, and that the idea that we came here now because we actually really have something to do. Well, I think this is a critically important issue. I have to agree with you on that, and I know a lot of other people agree as well as, as they start to look for themselves and you know, wade through all the information that's out there, and, and we're just so bombarded with all of it, but it makes perfect sense because the numbers haven't added up for the justification for, like, contact tracing and the technologies that they're implementing and all the laws that have changed since 9-11, and I know you and I have done uh, a couple shows on some of the astrologies of 9-11, so we've been doing shows since 2008, so we've always seemed to come together to cover eventful time periods in uh, our our timeline to give the astrology and to take a look at the deeper picture. So Mm -hmm. first I want to say thank you for that because nobody else really seems to be doing it and and we really honor that with you. And and the the other thing is, you know, the cryptocurrencies, the artificial intelligence, the smart cities, uh, smart farming even, 
all need to have some sort of signal that's consistent so that they can even operate. And if you start to look at these industries and see them uh, clearly and where they're going and some of the progressions of technology, it's, it's a really clear picture, I think. I don't think it's, it's very difficult to find out some of the information. But we shouldn't judge technology by what the, the creators of that talk technology tell us it can do. We need to judge the technology by the total capacity that that technology has the ability to do. So are you worried that perhaps there's two different paths here? We can go down maybe one path where we don't let the technology really consume and take over, or are we headed down another path where, you know, it's going to be all about transhumanism and, and incorporating this kind of technology into our lives in ways we can't even possibly imagine yet? Well, let me introduce something really subtle here, but fortunately I know from interviews that we've done in the past that um, you're going to understand immediately what I'm saying. So, like, one of the things I'm trying to do is get us to really target in on what's actually going on here. And I think we're kind of identifying what this big shift is at this nexus point. And then what I like to do is I like to turn around and look at it astrologically. And if we look at it astrologically, which is what I'd especially like to do, make sure we have enough time right at the end of the show to look at a big piece of it. Because what we're really talking about is the entry into the age of Aquarius. And the entry into the age of Aquarius is happening day by day, month by month, year by year. But it's going to focalize at the winter solstice this, this winter, just before Christmas, December 21st. And that's because of the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. And the reason for that is because Jupiter and Saturn are going into Aquarius right at the winter solstice. But I'd like to draw back from that for a minute because I'd like to kind of get a hold of that at the end. I'd like to really see if we can understand what that might mean kind of toward the end of the show because there's some other things I think we need, if you know what I mean. Sure, and, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so um, my contribution in this area has to do with alchemy of nine dimensions. And you and I did a couple of shows on it, and you've really enjoyed Alchemy of Nine Dimensions. And so to go to the principles in alchemy and then to look at the issue of the coronavirus, COVID-19, um, viruses are second dimensional in the, the alchemical system, in the Pleiadian agenda system. And the way that works, and it was a really revolutionary idea when it came in in 1995, and now a lot of people have turned in that direction. But the basic idea, the basic model, if you recall, is the first dimension is the iron core crystal. And then the second dimension is all of the life forms and consciousness between the first dimension, the iron core crystal, and our dimension. Because we're in the third dimension and we're on the surface of the, the Earth. Remember that model? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, yes. okay. So, so one of the things that's happening this year is some really interesting revelations are coming in regarding the second dimension. Now, according to the Pleiadians, the second dimension creates life in the third dimension. The idea would be that all of the, the, the viruses and microbes and metallic intelligences, that all those things create life in this dimension. So then it's not hard to go to the idea, if viruses are second dimensional, that COVID-19 is actually uh, functioning in some kind of positive way as, as well as some kind of negative way. And if we look at, into it from that point of view, in other words, it has something, the idea would be 
that it has something to do with maintaining our health in the third dimension. Now, we are living on a planet that is grossly overpopulated. Um, we all know that. And, and if we could deal with energy properly and if we could deal with a lot of um, things in the right way, that wouldn't be a problem. But it's a problem right now. And so doesn't it make sense that viruses would, since, since viruses are creating life itself, that viruses would be active here. And what the viruses are doing is actually, um, I hate to say this, but a lot of older people who have been kind of maintained kind of half alive with a lot of drugs and a lot of different things like that. And what happens is the virus comes in and it's, it's some of the old people are dying. And this used to be, in the old days, they used to call the flu back in the 19th century. They used to call it, um, and some people would call it man's best friend, because when people were ready to go, they would get the flu and they would just die. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we, we need to start to, to really see what's going on here, because, because um, it's being used as a uh, program to create a tremendous amount of fear in people, a tremendous amount of desperation, and most importantly, from the point of view that I'm approaching this, because I want to be really sensitive about this, because I'm 77 and I could go any day from the flu. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not about feeling like like everybody um, has to, to live or die according to some kind of principle. It's just looking at nature, the way nature functions, and viruses function in the second dimension to vitalize life and to create mutations and evolution. And in some cases, um, things die that, that can't, be, um, can't survive anymore um, with the virus. It's just, it's just, you know, kind of the way it is. Is there anything you'd like to say about that? Well, I don't think, I think we have to remember that it's not insensitive to talk about death yeah. And that death is just a part of life, and it's the cycle, and you know it depends on what you believe, and I guess your whole relationship. And and uh, I've worked for hospice for two years, so I was I was present at that moment. And some families would go through it very peacefully, and it would be beautiful and calm and and just very touching. And some families would go through the fear and the desperation and the sadness, and everybody grieves differently. So it was interesting to observe the two death spaces, the two different kinds of spaces, one where you're afraid of death and one where you're not afraid of death and you're at peace and you've made peace with your life. And the other one is kind of kind of like what we find ourselves facing now. Are we going to be afraid or are we going to be optimistic and, and not afraid. So I don't know. I, I don't want to be insensitive either, but I have noticed that even talking about the subject yeah. can be really sensitive to people. So we're not trying to be insensitive to anybody yeah. or say, well, the elders have died and so what? That We're not saying that at all. We're saying that at the end of your life, when you cross over this great transition and you go into whatever you believe you are after life, well, you know, we don't know what the facts are about life after death, but we have lots of we have lots of opinions and we have lots of proof through cultures over the course of our existence that have made quite a big deal about life after death, like the Egyptians and and so the Mayans too had a, a whole cosmology associated with life after death. And what is what is our cosmology about life after death? I'm, I'm still a little unsure what the American cosmology is. 
about life after death. So I, I think it's perfectly appropriate to talk about it. I encourage okay. that people talk about it, and I'm glad you've mentioned that. So thank you. Well, uh, thank you, Hillary. You put that really well because it is such a sensitive topic. So let's look at what's being done with the sensitive topic, which is that probably this flu is not all that different than flu flus for the last 20 or 30 or 40 years. And yet what happened was they made it into a lockdown, and the lockdown, of course, shut down the economy. And so what I'd like to put forward here next is when I look at the transits this year and all of the planets in Capricorn, um, we have got to start facing up to the fact that people of power have come in and they have shut down our everyday way of life. For example, if the economy weren't shut down and the flu were to continue as it normally would, then first of all, the people who did die from this flu wouldn't have died alone. And that's been the saddest thing about this. The scariest thing about what has been going on with all this Capricorn energy and with the people in power is an extreme level of insensitivity toward um, people being separated and divided. And I think that all of us need to take a serious look at how we feel about that. And I'd like to bring alchemy of nine dimensions back into this because as I already identified, the first dimension is in the center of the Earth, and the second dimension is where the viruses are located under the surface. And then we're in the third dimension on the surface. And then above the third dimension, there's a collective level of consciousness, which is the fourth dimension. And when we go to the fifth dimension, the fifth dimension, we get into the heart, and we get into heart consciousness. And heart consciousness is a critical issue this year. As we deal with the various struggles that are developing, because, see, these Capricorn planets are just forcing everything to be right in our faces. We can't not see the truth anymore about what's going on, and that's what's making this so difficult. So if we go beyond the fifth dimension into the sixth dimension, we get into the dimension of sacred geometry. And when we as humans in our solid world of space and time when we tune into the sixth dimension, the geometrical dimension, that's where we can create the kind of reality that we want. If we put our consciousness into the sixth dimension regarding our dimension here, we can demand to create what we really want. We can meditate, we can use our minds to create a great deal of power, and we need to start really using those powers because it's not fair for us to be locked down and separated and manipulated into people suffering and dying alone. And, you know, and that's where if you go into your heart chakra, like go into your, you know, your heart chakra right now, when you go into your heart and you feel what that's like and when you feel what that's like for a person, then you immediately can feel how this is so profoundly wrong. And that's where a lot of us who really have these mental powers and the strength of character and the open heart, that's where we've got to put so much energy into demanding that we not be separated and manipulated and controlled this way, which that's really the crisis of, of what this year is all about. Um, and regarding the Saturn conjunct Pluto, the, the April 4th one is the lockdown. 
And then when we come up to the second one, um, June 30th, at this point, I think it's clear that the issue that's going to be front on center is going to be racism. And we can see that by the events, especially of the last couple of weeks. And if we can put our consciousness, again, coming from the heart, that we absolutely do not accept this, we absolutely totally oppose it, I, and, I, and I'm seeing, I think I'm seeing this with a lot of the demonstrators. We're seeing some really amazing things going on in the streets, you know, where the cops are just joining up with the demonstrators themselves. And I think that we need to start using those powers that we know are true and that we know can change realities. I mean, don't you? Absolutely. In fact, you know, media plays a huge role in, in dictating what we see and don't see. And once you start to realize and wake up to that, you realize that you're not, you just have a narrative being shoved down your throat over and over. It's, it's neuro-linguistic programming. It's constant marketing. It's like propaganda was made legal to be used on American citizens under Barack Obama's administration. And you can look that up easily. And once you realize that this really does feel like a propaganda marketing, you know, theme sort of, relentlessly push down our throats and when you talk about the data that they're going off of well it's based on supercomputing and the supercomputing is projecting you know what the numbers will be if this happens or if that happens and so we've gone from the oracle to the computer so i'm curious what june 30th is going to bring because there are, some states are talking about <clears throat> the end of june being the reopening, phase one, two, three, four, whatever it is that they're doing, and I just don't see how they can be sustainable to close down businesses every time another surge happens with these numbers. And then it came out that these numbers weren't absolutely uh, accurate, and then they had to backpedal on some of the data, but the data was dictating the reopening. So it's a very interesting thing, and then when you add consciousness to all this and you you look at the coming quantum computing and, and all the things that are coming down the line. I know we're getting ahead, and, but it's relevant. We start to see something really interesting happening, and that that's really is what you talked about, the disintegration of this old way of doing things. Uh, our governor, Cuomo, has already put out uh, a projected plan to, to green everything, to come back from this in a way that is, is doing business differently, which I don't see as a bad thing. We do need to do business differently. We do need to get off fossil fuels. We've all been talking about this for so many years. And here we are really on the precipice of doing that. And so how much of that really needs to be fought against, I'm not sure. But, I, again, it comes with what kind of consciousness do computers generate? What kind of consciousness do they stimulate in, in human beings? And then we have this onset of electromagnetic residency, which if people don't understand how 5G could make you sick, and I think once you start to realize the science of, of resonation, of frequency, of vibration, with so many other people have done work with this, it's out there. You just have to find it and what it does to the cells and bacteria and what makes things grow or die. And, and we really have evolution or renaissance in medicine. Because people don't want the vaccine. They don't want to be told that they have to inject themselves. So it, it leads to a whole nother, um ripe conversation, don't you mm -hmm. think? Mm 
Yeah, I do. And I think also, going back to dimensionality, I, I would say that right now, we actually are going further toward changing our consciousness and getting someplace than I think almost any of us realize, including me. Because as you start to ascend, you know, the whole issue of like moving up to up higher levels of frequency, um, right now we're really moving out of the third dimension, even though we live in the third dimension, and we're really immersed very strongly in the fourth dimension right now, which is the full range uh, on any one of these topics, you and I could take any one of these topics um, regarding the, the virus or what the police are doing or whatever. And at this point, we're, we're experiencing a tremendous range from dark to light of, of any given subject. And what I find at that point, I, I'm hanging with it and I keep on holding on to that range, but I also keep very subtly and constantly just moving it into the heart. Because when you move it into the heart, that's when that duality and that dark and light consciousness starts to resolve itself, and, and you start to move into a central field. And as you move into that central field, it's very, very powerful. And I think that a lot more people are doing this now than I've ever seen before. I just see it happening every day. I keep almost seeing kind of constant little miracles. But little miracles in the middle of chaos that that's what's so difficult about this right now you know could you consider those little miracles anchors of higher consciousness i mean these are the the pockets that we find our way to when perhaps we're sad or we're depressed or we're angry and we're feeling overwhelmed and because when i envision ascension and moving into higher frequencies i also know that the lower frequencies kind of come into it and shake things up a little bit and it's about balancing out the sound vibrations right it's basic music and it takes a little while to retune so could it be possible that these viruses show up when these these things launch because our physical bodies are retuning to the frequencies. So, so yeah, it's great if we have higher ascended frequencies. We know how to meditate. We go into the heart space. We can get into those energies. But every now and then, you know, if we're bombarded with a physical type of electromagnetic energy that mm-hmm. isn't coming from us, we have to, we have to, you know, vibrate in that, and then we have to adjust. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, it is, and I I think that a lot of what we're talking about is just the kind of practice that we hold on to. And so as we, like, cope with all of the complexity, for instance, that's going on with the coronavirus, at the same time, if we can just realize how much that virus is actually teaching us, see, that's where I agree with you. I think you've got that one really nailed where they're actually, this is actually happening because these are, these are teachers. These are responsive teachers. And so our responsibility to that virus is to respond and, and to, to allow ourselves to feel um, on a level that we kind of haven't felt maybe for a long, long time. And I think where a lot of people are feeling that is that nature really feels like it's regenerating. Um, almost everybody, including me, is noticing that nature is much more powerful um, this spring during this time when all when all of the uh, uh, frequencies have, have been turned down. You know, all of the planes aren't flying and cars aren't driving all over the place. 
Um, one of the things that goes on with oil pollution from gasoline in the air is that actually intensifies the, the uh, kind of thickness of the, the frequencies in the air itself, just like 5G does that too. And so we're, we're kind of at a really interesting point right now because there's so much that's changing so fast that sometimes you find yourself with, with sensitivities and powers within that you didn't really, hadn't really kind of noticed before. Do you know what I mean? I absolutely do. In fact, you know, I, I have gardens here, and I noticed spring came early this year, and everybody says, well, you know, we're supposed to get – we got some spring snow here in the northeast, but that's normal. And I could tell because the flowers were coming in different. They were coming in earlier. The things were, things were growing in different stages, earlier stages. So spring was here early, and now I feel like summer's coming in – so it's interesting to me because the summer solstice has always been pretty right on. And I'm curious for all those people that have watched megalithic sites over the years and the markings of the solstices and the equinoxes, do you think that they, the people that came before marked where the sun landed on these, these auspicious days because in case it ever shifted to some other, you know, angle of, you know, the sun rising or setting or whatever it was it was marking might change. So is it, I've always wondered that, and I think you're the perfect person to ask this question to, because as we watch the solstices and the equinoxes uh, religiously, really, you know, we, we, they really mark the seasons, and the seasons seem to be shifting. A lot of people would say, well, that's climate change, and that's our fault, and we're horrible people, and we shouldn't. We should just be shamed all the time. Or is there something else to it as far as our planet really, you know, the tilt shifting? I mean, what are we really watching with the marking of December solstice, Barbara? Mm -hmm. Well, um, as you know, the summer solstice is, is the time of the deepening of the, um, the things that have been created since the spring equinox. And, of course, the spring equinox was um, March um, 21st, 20, 20th or 21st. And this year's spring equinox was just, I'm looking to see if I have a chart for this particular equinox, because this equinox, yeah, I do have it, fortunately, because it was really an amazing chart. Because Wasn't it very close to the time when we went down on lockdown, too? So it was very yeah. similar to the time that everything started to happen. That What was that, that first node, or it was the first something that you talked about that yeah. came in March, yes. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and uh, it was, and that's when things really came down heavy. And I'd also like to, before I kind of say something about this, I'd like to say that we don't know that the people who are making these things, things happen, the people who are in power, we don't necessarily know whether they have bad intentions or good intentions. You, you know what I mean? We, we don't, we'll I never, get it. I, yeah, I we'll never really know that. And so at this spring equinox, there was something um, going on in the chart that that makes me think that, people shutting stuff down that they may have uh, had um, ideas that we can't even imagine. And so if we go to the spring equinox chart, first of all, we have the south node, um, Paulus, Athena, Mars, Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn in Capricorn, just, just like everything else this year. It's just the amount of Capricorn energy is just intense. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means structure and formation. That means that each one of those planets in, in the spring equinox chart is um, structuring itself into a new form and into a new reality. And that's why everything feels so intense. But the other thing that was going on at the spring equinox was the lunar nodes 
were in a direct square to um, Chiron and Sedna. Now, what the hell is Sedna? Well, Chiron, first of all, is the planet of healing. And then Sedna is a really, really interesting um, new planet that was discovered, I think, back in 2011, something. It's in the last 10 years, and people are just working on it right now. And the interesting thing about Sedna, do you know anything about it? Well, I heard about it, and I found it very interesting that we had discovered it, because for me, it always feels like when they discover something new like that, we're expanding our, our own galactic astrology. Does that make That's sense? Right. That's right. It does. It, absolutely. And so Sedna itself um, has about a 12 to a 12,500-year orbit um, around the sun. It doesn't actually go around the sun. It goes comes into to our planetary system at an elliptical angle, which is kind of a hard thing to explain. It's part of our solar system, but it doesn't go all the way around the sun like the, the way, say, Pluto does or Uranus does. And so it, it comes in to the ver- very closest point in our solar system every approximately 12,000 years. And the last time, therefore, that this occurred was the fall of Atlantis. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so I've been watching Sedna, and speaking of the authorities and what people know, they, they know a lot, you know. And a lot of people think that maybe this is the planet that is predicting a cataclysm. Now, I don't look at it that way. I, I think that it may have, um, have been part of a cataclysmic cycle 12,000 years ago, but that doesn't mean it is now. We don't know that, but what mm-hmm. we do know is that it's bringing back the memory of cataclysmic consciousness. So, see what I mean? We know, we do know that for sure. So, if you were in a position of authority, an astronomer or a scientist or a person in government, and if you thought, let let's say that you are a person who has what I call catastrophobia, which I wrote a book about. I wrote a whole book about how you sure did. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's all about how we're afraid of something that already happened. Well, most of the people on the planet have not processed that to the degree that, say, you have and I have. And they haven't processed their early memories of ancient wounding. And so then when it comes back again, first of all, they feel the energy of it. And then secondly, they believe that when it comes again, it's going to happen all over again. And I actually don't think so. It doesn't look to me like that's what's going on at all. But would that explain why somebody's trying to shut an awful lot of stuff down? Because yes. because if you can pe- keep people at home keep them separated, then some people on this planet might think that you're actually keeping them safe. You see that? I do. And, and in actual, I, this has crossed my mind several times because when I check into the energies, I, I don't feel, I'm feeling a sense of calm and I don't feel this. I mean, I do feel it sometimes, but most of the time the underlying current is calm. And mm-hmm. so I, and I've pulled cards on this and the cards have been surprisingly positive. So I'm I'm just trusting the energies and saying, okay, well, if we're all shaking off this residency, we're all adjusting to the vibration. Well, you know, what does the vibration do? It breaks crust off. So I envision this crust kind of breaking off, and mm-hmm. we have all these shiny new happy bodies after this all happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are, and we've adjusted through all the other ones that mm-hmm. will get through this too. But where I really get, I stop and put my, you know, hand up is when they talk about these mandatory 
vaccines. And, and so then you have this whole social shaming thing that's happening. And I'm curious what you think about that, because there's this massive movement of social shaming people if they don't wear a mask, if they don't stay six feet apart, if they like Donald Trump. There's all of this real big social pressure happening now. How does that play into all of this, in your opinion? Well, um, going back to what where we launched into this, which would be that somebody thinks they need to control people for some kind of reason, and maybe they even have good in, think what they consider to be good intentions. If ever we need to resist this, it's now, right? And the spring equinox chart with Chiron conjunct Sedna um, exactly squaring the lunar nodes says that during the whole spring season, um, which comes up to the summer solstice, during the whole spring season, people are going to be healing very, very deep fears of past cataclysms. Now, we have been massively controlled because we've been afraid of something. And boy, is the control going to go away if people aren't afraid anymore. You see that? Absolutely. So, you remove yeah, the fear. You can't control people. That's just a fact. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a lot of what is actually going on through this whole spring season, speaking of each one of the seasons. And I want, I'm kind of watching my watch a little bit here because I want to make sure that yes. we get to the winter solstice. We have 10 minutes, so let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do it, and then if we have any extra time, that's okay, too. But, but the, the issue here would be what I'm kind of after here is that the lid blew off um, when we had uh, Saturn conjunct Pluto January 12th, and that's just when the lid went off. And, you know, I just realized that um, when I – oh, that's okay. I'll let it go. I've been, I've been mixing up two transits for sure all the way through this thing just because it's so confusing. Um, that the transits in, um, like in, in April and in the summer and then in, in November are Jupiter conjunct Pluto. So excuse me for that. I've actually got it wrong on a card. Sorry. Well, it's interesting that November is the elections. So it, it just, it fascinates me that the net, that one falls in the month of yeah. elections because holy moly, right? <laughs> yeah, but I want to, I want to, okay, so those yep. three transits this year that are creating, first of all, the lockdown in April. And then uh, issues of racism in June, and then I think politics in November is actually Jupiter conjunct Pluto. And now what we're talking about, we started out with Saturn conjunct Pluto, and excuse all of us people, but you should see what this looks like on paper. <laughs> um, so, so we go from Saturn conjunct Pluto, in my opinion, up to the winter solstice um, this year. And this is where it gets really interesting um, in regarding what you and I just said about the spring equinox and the healing of cataclysmic consciousness going on. Because at the uh, winter solstice this year, we have Jupiter conjunct Saturn. And Jupiter conjunct Saturn is in zero degrees of Aquarius. And when Jupiter conjunct Saturn, it's called a trigon. It's a transit that occurs every 20 years. And it tends to structure societies and economies. And a lot of people associate it with presidents um, maybe losing their life in office every 20 years. That's actually connected to this transit. But what's happening, this particular Jupiter conjunct Saturn in the winter solstice is some I – I used my computer and look, I went back like 10,000 years to see if I could find anything like this. And I couldn't find anything even close to this. What happens is the Jupiter conjunct Pluto, which occurs every 20 years, occurs a couple of hours 
before the winter solstice. That's that's the thing, because when the winter solstice occurs, that's when we go into a state of extremely deep contemplation. So think of it this way, Hillary. First of all, the conjunction of Jupiter-Saturn is zero degrees Aquarius. This is the first conjunction in Aquarius. The conjunctions of Jupiter-Saturn have been in Earth for 250 years, which is the whole industrial age and the development of, of heavy industry. And now we're moving into air. Um, the first one here is in Aquarius, and then it, it's going to be in air signs for like 250 years. So this is a transit out of Earth into air, but the most significant thing about it is it's occurring right at the winter solstice, the deepest period of contemplation that comes every year to us on this planet. And this is just totally amazing that this, that this stuff is, this is coming together. At the, together it makes way. perfect sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm listening to it, and I'm just smiling over here because I'm, I, I'm going, yes, 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 this makes perfect sense. Now, the next obvious question is, do, do the leaders, does the leadership know about the astrology, and, and are they intentionally designing accordingly? Um, I am absolutely convinced that Trump uses astrology. <clears throat> astrology, And the way that we can tell as astrologers is we're sitting around all the time watching for significant um, transits. It's just what we do. And so then when we see a major, major event occur right at a major transit point, we know they're using astrology. And what that does is if you vector in an event into a particular moment in time, then that event is going to have a, a very, very big effect. I mean, for example, I certainly will be looking for what they're going to be doing at the winter solstice this year. Yeah, and of course, yeah, and the winter definitely. solstice this year. Yes, yeah, right after this election and right after all the stuff that we have to go through um, in November. Um, but I, I, I think there's kind of two ways to look at this. As you know, we're moving heavily into the age of Aquarius at this time. And then the fact that Jupiter and Saturn are conjunct in zero degrees Aquarius, this to me is the ultimate setting off of the Aquarian age. You, can you see that? Easy I absolutely see it. I, I absolutely see it. And the timing is just auspicious. It's just amazing to me. All right. We have to wrap it up, Barbara. I'm sorry to say that. I think we uh -huh. could probably talk for a whole bunch of time. Where can people find you now? And, and what do you have going on if people have more questions or would like to find out more about what you talked about this past hour um they they really can't at this point right now i'm in the middle of writing a trilogy did you know that oh um, my goodness no yeah i'm writing well, yes a i did yeah i'm writing a fictional trilogy and right now i'm into the third book and the trilogy tracks 2011 through 2020 so i've been been almost unavailable totally except to some of somebody like you <laughs> Um, oh, well, because, I'm really honored. So, Thank you. Well, no, Thank because you. I've just been so deeply involved in it that it, it requires a, just an enormous amount of concentration. It's almost hard to talk about anything else but do it. So that's well, kind of what I'm doing. And um, people, I, what I would ask people to do most of all is start tuning into that geometrical dimension and start really making things be the way you want it to be and manifest that power in your heart. That's what you got to do. Barbara Hanklau, everyone, until, uh, who knows, let's see what happens. This is all going in a very interesting direction. Thank you so much for being here tonight, Barbara, and thank you to everyone who's listening to this live. I will make it available, hopefully, on my YouTube channel and 
perhaps a transcript. Okay, everyone. Take care. Thank you for having me. Bye.